This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and on this episode, we are going to dive into one of my favorite, favorite words and topics, happiness. Happiness. What is happiness? How do we achieve happiness? What is happiness to me? What is happiness to you? Can we find a state of happiness in the current conditions? So happiness is the term and the word and the topic of discussion today. And riding shotgun as my co-host today, we have a very, very special co-host. He is an actor, a filmmaker, a humanitarian, an entrepreneur. He's also a loving husband and father. Ravi Patel, welcome to How Men Think. Wow, what an intro. Good to hey, be buddy. Happy it's to be so, great, man. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. But I like, I, I wish our viewers could see what, uh, or see what I'm seeing, because we're doing this via Zoom call, which I'd rather uh-huh. do it in studio, but obviously given the conditions, but you just have a glowing smile. You have a glowing <laughs> smile. You have a glowing smile and happy eyes. Happy eyes are a big proponent, Thanks, component of happiness. And so uh, I noticed that right when you jumped on the call. Oh, well, um, I'm getting it from you, man. I have a, I have, I'm, I'm very sensitive to to people who have good vibes. And I apologize to our listeners for saying the phrase good vibes, but that is what I got from you when I saw you. Dude, I said good vibes in text messages all the time. I said good vibes and uh, the, the emoji of the guy with the sunglasses. Well, that's, that's my text lot. message. And that's, that's too much. Too much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peel it back. Um, so I want to dive into do a discussion one uh, because you're, you're such a, an accomplished and talented person, there's, there's professional happiness, but I love having you on because you're also a father and, so the, and a husband, and so there's personal happiness. And so I want to dive into that, what the, the balance of professional happiness, personal happiness. Uh, do they correlate? Are they integrated? How does that show up in your life? And then also the, just what you did with the show which we'll talk about uh, on this as well as the Ravi Patel's pursuit of happiness, which is on HBO max where you travel around the world to find these different definitions of happiness and how it shows up in different countries. Um, but I want to start with one question to you and it's very vague in general, but it's a, a really important question. And it's something I enjoy asking people because I enjoy seeing which way they take it. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of happiness? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's trying to find a way to make each day in the present as fun as possible, which means, you know, laughing with the people you love the most, uh, finding a way to put smiles on each other's faces. Um, but I th- again, I think core to that is making sure you're giving to the people who give you the most, the people you love the most, focusing on the relationships that matter. And just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for bonding. I love, I love my dudes. I love my wife. I love my kid. I love my dog. Um, and I love trying to love better. I mean, it's cheesy, but I just think it's so fun. I love it. I dude, I want to like get that and loop that and just (laughs) put that just for people to listen to because in, what I love about that, I love a couple things. One, the words that you use. First, you said mm-hmm. fun, fun and love and the, the people closest to you. And in my own journey in 2020, two words, I had two words that I really want to focus on or wanted to focus on was laughter and love. And you said how you can be, how you can be present 
and have the most fun with the people that you love today, not mm -hmm. waiting for tomorrow or planning a trip three months from now, like today in this room. And so laughter and love were two of the things that I focused on the most in 2020. And having those top of mind has brought me has brought me certainly closer with the people in my life. It's also connected me uh, with the people at a deeper, more affectionate, more loving, more vulnerable way. Yeah. Um, COVID has really revealed to me who's really important in my life mm -hmm. it, yeah. in, in ways of like seeking connection with them. So um, mm -hmm. for fun, for fun and love, What's on, on a daily, like something that you will do, say with your wife or your, you said your homies or your, your daughter, like what's something that's really fun and really love fulfilling that you do on the daily? What, uh, what do you think that you've done by the way, just really quick, just to follow up on what you just said, cause I think that's beautiful. What are the specific things you think you've done to bring all that laughter and love into your life? I tried to make moments, tried to as you said earlier, be present. So mm -hmm. um, I have made space in my life, created and made and preserved space in my life for connection. So right. after five, after five o'clock, I started this about eight, nine months ago, after five o'clock, I am not on my phone. I am not on an email. I'm not mm -hmm. do, on my computer. I am yeah. fully, fully immersed in connection. Um, yeah. I will do, I will do almost anything to never eat supper without a crew of people around me again. That's awesome. I love having people over for supper, um, connecting in the evening. Mm -hmm. Instead of sitting down and watching a show in the evening, I'll go to my brother-in-law's or I'll go to my buddy Corey's and we'll just sit in his garage in his studio. We'll just, right. just anything instead of falling into these other little norms and then creating space and just realizing how, how important that human connection with these people is, how important it is. And then trying to make, trying to make moments because moments are memories. So yeah. we're, we're doing little surprises, doing little surprises, doing little practical jokes yeah. and pranks, things that take a little time to plan. Yeah. But, then, but then when you execute them, you get oh. such a smile and a moment out of it. You get a moment yeah. out of it and you get a memory out of it versus just yeah. seeing people and not having any memories. Yeah, that's, I think that's really profound because, I mean, if you think about what life really is, it's just a series of memories. So, yeah. you know, write ones that you want to talk about or that you want to remember. But I think you hit on a really big thing, which could not be more important in 2020, which is creating boundaries for yourself. Because yeah. right now there's, there's, we've never been more distracted than we are right. today. We've never had so much choice and it's overwhelming. Uh, and the net result is that we end up not feeling control in our day-to-day -day lives. And so we have to go out of our way more than ever to create boundaries so that we feel some sense of control so that we feel planted in the day. It's something I struggle yeah. with all the time, but I think, you know, starting with just the brass tacks of technology, creating boundaries around when you use your laptop and when you use your phone, that's mm -hmm. a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a very big one because that to me is the beginning of trying to create that space. Same thing with like television, like technology is supposed to be there to help us do better with our time. And instead we let it, take away our time and dominate our time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Another one that I've done is I don't accept any, I don't have any calls or any work stuff prior to one o'clock in the day. So I was a professional athlete, you know, I was, so I, I, I've made enough money to not have to work the rest of my life. And, and right, so I right. get to, I get to choose projects that I wish to be a part of right. because of 
because they light me up and because of the people in them and because of the right. impact that they can make in the world. So I never set an alarm. I never set an alarm because why would I set an alarm? Why do I want to be up for anything that when I want to wake up when my body's rested? Yeah. So I don't set an alarm and then I don't schedule any sort of calls before 1 p.m. because I want that morning for fitness. I want to read. I want to be active. I just want to be peaceful. And then I'll do any sort of creative development or project or this podcast in the afternoon between 1 and 5 p.m. That's the yeah. block of window that I have. Do you know what that's called in the rest of the world? Uh, uh, vacation. <laughs> you privileged mother. No, it's, it's, it's awesome, bro. I think that's so smart. I mean, it's absolutely a privilege to even be able to do that. But I think it's so um, thoughtful of you to make that decision to know like, hey, I'm lucky. I get to yeah. make some choices with my time. And I'm going to choose to make my time mine. Most people don't, don't. Most people are so passive. Most of us are just kind of riding the ride. And mm -hmm. you wake up months to, to years later and realize, wait, what just happened? Where was I? Mm -hmm. So I think right? that's awesome, man. And you know, a lot of that stuff you're doing is stuff that I'm trying to do in my own life. It's hard as hell. So I want to, I want to ask you the same question. So on the boundaries front, because I think you do so much more professionally than what I do, you know, as an actor, as a filmmaker, as executive producer, humanitarian, plus you have the, uh, this saves lives, like mm -hmm. you're an entrepreneur. Right. Um, how do you balance all of the, what are some boundaries in your life that, mm -hmm. um, that you set that will protect your happiness and not help you be overwhelmed? Because I think being overwhelmed is one thing that robs people of happiness. Totally. And, and I think everyone these days, because like we said earlier, because we have so much choice, we have so much pressure to perform in work and to achieve, achieve, achieve. And then in our free time, we kind of have similar pressures. Like we spend more money than ever on food and restaurants because there's so many choices with every minute of the yeah. day. And then even in the few minutes we don't have, we're like, oh, well, I got to go do yoga. I got to meditate. And you actually yeah. pay for most of those things. Then you got to make more money yeah. to pay for those things. Yeah. It's a vicious circle where you never feel like you're doing enough and you never have enough money to pay for it. And uh, certainly, you know, when it comes to achievement, all those things you listed, I mean, we did, an ep we did an entire episode on this premise. The fourth episode of the series takes place in South Korea with one of my best friends, this guy named Matt Polson, who founded a company called Omaze. And yeah, he and awesome. I both have this kind of work hard, play hard mentality in life. And a lot of people who live in cities have this mentality. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, South Korea as a country is, is having a crisis of workaholism that's leading to high rates of depression and suicide. And so, so this thing that you're asking is actually central to, uh, you know, it's, it's one of my core conflicts in life. And I think mm. it came out of, you know, being conditioned or conditioning myself to achieve to, and being obsessed with achievement and in great part attaching my self-worth to right. what, what I can achieve. And like all those things you listed, like I probably get a little bit of a dopamine hit when you say those things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I did that. That's great. I mean, the same way you probably, you know, in order to succeed at, at what you've done as an athlete, you have to be obsessed. Like you have yes. to, you have to, and there's more to it than just loving the game. There's, there's, there's a love of mastery there. That, that, mm -hmm. we, you, that you and I probably share. There's a love of achievement that you and I mm -hmm. probably share. There's this core thing in our egos that, that dances with the thing we're doing as well. 
And I realize now as I'm older, I look, I'm really proud and I get really excited about doing shit. I'm very curious and I love doing things with people. I love um, creating experiences that make my life mm -hmm. better, make the lives of those around me better. But now that I'm a father and I'm on the other side of 40, I'm starting to also realize none of that is any good if like I didn't remember what I did that day because I was so busy riding the roller coaster. And so now I'm trying to figure out a way to balance things out the way you said. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, especially because of what I do is so purpose driven. It's like yep. almost a way of cheating the system where mm. I'm like, well, everything I do, it's like, I'm doing it with my friends and family or it's doing this good thing in the world. So it's almost like I have a justification to work all the time because my yep. work is my life. And now I'm on this new phase where it's like, okay, that's great, but I need to carve out more space for myself. The way you were just talking about space that has nothing yeah. to do with achievement space. That's passive uh, space. That's for eating ice cream and flipping right. channels without a, without a cause or, you know, just going for a walk, you know, um, those are the things I'm starting to prioritize. And it's, it's actually making my work life in, in a way uh, more inspired. <laughs>
so that it's a little healthier for me right now. It's hard, man. Can you, can you walk me through that process specifically if you can, because I'm going through the same thing. I'm experimenting with a lot of uh, just a lot of lifestyle optimization experiments going on. Yeah. How um, long has it been since you've been out of hockey? It'll be three years in November. Okay. Three so- years. And I've only recently in probably the last nine months to a year, Ravi found like found my, balance of my pursuit my personal pursuit of happiness so as an athlete it used to be pursue the stanley cup i want to be a champion the best in the world that's not chasing happiness that's chasing a result in the sport that i was in and so a lot of your happiness takes a back seat you miss some birthdays you miss some weddings you're training saturday morning sunday morning when your friends were getting together the night before you're not there you miss out on a lot of happiness in pursuit of this goal since I've been out of hockey, I've discovered, wow, my pursuit now is happiness. The ultimate pursuit in my life is a balance of doing things I love with people I love with also things that fulfill me impacting and serving the world and balancing all of that is the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. You mean inner growth basically is what you're, what you're, what you're seeking now. And you probably haven't been able to give that any attention when you're an athlete. I mean, a lot of athletes do enjoy their time in sports, but I also feel like the way sports have evolved the last 15 years, it's not like, like, it's not like the way the bulls were in the last dance. Like it's sports have just become so intense and so competitive and so uh, scientific (laughs) that, that it seems like, in order to reach the top of that mountain, you need to be always, always busting your ass. And I imagine that comes at an expense of enjoying the climb. Big time. You're always looking yeah. towards the future. Yeah. And a lot of personal sacrifices. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's got to be tricky, man. I mean, that's, and I also think that's why so many athletes struggle with the transition out of sports. It's, yeah. And I, it's yeah. hard. Right? It's a, it's a real thing. And I did too, because like you said, loss of purpose. So you are multi-talented. You can do many different things. I did one thing. Yeah. I, I did one thing. I was a mile deep on one thing. And then when that thing's gone, now what do you do? But and so I would a- argue, I would argue that you think you're only great at one thing, but the result of you being great at that one thing, it came out of a skill set that is the hardest to cultivate, which is learning to work your ass off to achieve something. That idea, that mastery, like that's something that I want to teach my daughter. I want to teach mm. my daughter how to be kind, mm-hmm. and I want to learn her. I want to teach her mastery, the idea mm. of um, how hard work can achieve great things and, and, and how uh, sit, hitting, your, hitting your face on the pavement can be an awesome part of the process to your goal. Mm. You know, like I want to teach her grit. I want to teach her stamina. I want to teach her the courage it takes to reach a very high height. And I think undeniably you have done that i think professional athletes actors feel this way as well people who achieve great success in a given career often wrongly feel if i didn't do this what else would i do yeah the fact of the matter is you could you could probably be successful first of all i would change the definition of success to not be the stanley cup or anything that's in the future Mm -hmm. i would change it to did you have a good day and are you enjoying the process Mm-hmm. Whatever that thing you're heading towards, make sure that that aligns with your core values as a as a person. Yeah. But make sure the way you're pursuing it day to day is also aligned with your core values. Um, 
so that you're enjoying yourself along the way. That's exactly it. And I've found that being out of hockey, a lot of the characteristics that I developed and were present in me to perform in that arena are now, mm-hmm. are now helping me excel in other areas of my life. And then mm-hmm. what you just said about the day-to-day thing, this is my golden question. And I want to, I'd want to pose yeah. it to you. Um, this is what I ask myself every single day. This is the yeah. number one question that governs my life and right. my, and, and thus my happiness are my daily actions congruent with my life goals? Yeah, yeah. Are my daily actions congruent with my life goals? And when I think about that, first I have to start with my life goal. What's my life goal? I want to live in laughter and in love. I want to live the happiest life in the, in imaginable to me. Mm-hmm. So then are my daily actions congruent with that life goal? And that's really helped me reshape my days um, and, and build in more connection with loved ones, yeah. stronger prioritization of relationship. Yeah. Um, I have zero tolerance for doing I don't want to do. I do not oh, do All of us have that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's achieved um, purpose-driven success is allergic to doing right? something they don't understand. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I but I want, I want to shape it. I want to pull it back to you. So how, how are you currently like looking at your life, assessing your life and, and prioritizing more happiness right. and defining more happiness in your life? Can I assume that this is what the conversations were like in the hockey locker room? Just, yeah. just, just exactly. <laughs> real deep, real deep conversations in the uh, hockey uh, locker uh, room. I'm sure the hockey fans are <laughs> loving this stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, how do I do it? I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like it's I, – I think just the process of trying in and of itself is what begets it. Like there's joy in trying to live a better life. Like the, mm-hmm. the process of pursuing joy begets joy. Um, and if you're lucky, you're able to harness optimism and great, you know, I do, dude, I'm a cheesy dude. I got, I, I have a gratefulness journal. I, I keep, I love I write, it. You do it. It's the best, uh, right? Three things I'm grateful for every day. Three things amazing. that will make today. Great. You know, it, it um, you know, I, I have a long ways to go on a lot of things we've just discussed, but, uh, I find that I'm happier when I'm thinking about trying to be happier when I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. So what, what other like practices would you have in the course of your day? Love the gratitude journal. Gratitude Mm. is amazing. Like where gratitude lives. um, I think fulfillment and joy and peace that they all accompany gratitude. Um, What other personal practices do you include in your day that lead you towards happiness? By the way, for anyone who's listening, the gratitude journal, I know it sounds lame and stupid, but like there's something it does. If you just do it for a few minutes a day, it's crazy. I I think what it does is it reframes your experience in the world because it makes you feel your day a little more. It makes you pay Mm -hmm. attention to these Mm kind of like few three or four things that you're looking to get out of that day. And you subconsciously view the day through the lens of of gratefulness. Um, It's really, I mean, I've had you know, I'm, I'm like the dude in every dude's life. I've sent all my friends to therapy, all my guy friends. And Amazing. I, and I make all my dudes do these gratefulness journals when they're down there. And they all are like, you know, I'm like a bro's bro. So they're, they're there. None of them are even, even have heard of a gratefulness journal. Usually when I ask them to do this yeah. and then they do it and they're like, it's, it's actually pretty amazing. We still can't tell anyone that I'm doing it, but it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd say I do that. I mean, look, I'm actually, so I'm very, I'm like, I actually have ADD. And, and so I say that to mean, 
I've never been disciplined. Like I'm not one of these perfect guys who like wakes up at the same time every day is like, I can even just look at you and your physique and the way that you speak and see that you're a very disciplined person. I am a disciplined approach to life. Yeah. And, and potentially type a correct. And and I'm, yeah. And I'm trying to get out of that. (laughs) So I'm the opposite of that. Okay. We got to hang out. I'm a sloppy, I'm a sloppy dude. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm literally ADD. And so what I found with habits and, and look, getting like changing your habits is one of the hardest things in life. Um, when it comes to habits with me, I love trying new things and I get really excited about new things. And in true ADD sense, I'm quite distractible. So I might start something, mm. go hard and then pivot to something else. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed with me when it comes to changing my habits is I keep trying and sometimes things stick. Sometimes they go away. Sometimes I have to restart. The only difference between me today and me 10 years ago is that today I'm not as hard on myself when I mess things up. Like I I used to carry great shame about not being the person that I wanted to be. And now I'm like, you know what? This is just who I am. And I, and I'm Mm -hmm. trying my best. I'll keep trying. And, uh, so I say that to mean, you know, all these habits come and go. Uh, I love going on a periodic cleanse, like dietary cleanse. I love doing the fasting thing. I'm literally about to start a brain cleanse because that's mm. my big goal in life now is my brain feels foggy my memory's horrible um and I, I i have a trouble sometimes feeling present and i've decided that's like my number one goal in life is to make my brain feel as high functioning and clear as possible and so what i'm going to do is because basically it turns out everything contributes to brain health so mm-hmm. i'm going to go on a, a pretty intense clean diet uh, I'm going to start meditating. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on like a, a technology cleanse. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that you already, it sounds like you're doing. Um, I'm going to take nootropics, uh, things okay. that are like good for your brain. Yep. Um, your brain need health. You, you need uh, specific healthy fats for your brain to operate too. Yeah. So mega fatty threes. And uh, one of the things I take is the bulletproof uh, brain octane oil. I have that in my shake every morning. It's healthy really? fats for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken it before. Do you like it? I love it. I love it. Yep. So I've tried that and I've tried the, um, that Joe Rogan one, the alpha brain or, uh, on it alpha brain, but I, I couldn't tell the difference with, I couldn't tell the difference in my brain with either one. Okay. Um, but I can I add I, one more thing in there for you? I, to want, try? I want as many as you got. Um, I love this. I, I'm actually really curious and excited to hear you do it with me. I'd l- sure. When you start, <laughs> when uh, I haven't figured it out a day, but I'm going to try to do it with a big group of people and I'll probably turn it into like a group crowdsource, some sort of media project where I try to get a bunch of people to do it with me and we learn what we can along the way. Maybe I turn it into a, an audio documentary or something. Amazing. I, yeah. I love that. I I'll even just love loop. that. Please. Yeah. I even just love that, that you're going to pull people in on it with you. Cause I think people are going to jump in on that with you for sure. Um, I also one think thing- I'll just be more motivated if I know other people are in it. True. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, have you ever heard of, I've talked about it here on the show. You ever heard of the five factors of health? No, give it to me. So there's a term, uh, Ben Bergeron uh, kind of coined this term, the five factors of health. Um, and health leads to our happiness a lot. And it's the old quote, he who has his health has a thousand wishes. He who mm-hmm. doesn't has but one. Mm-hmm. And so health, so then 
if I'm looking for the best happiness, I'm going to prioritize my health. This is me yep. personally. And so here are the five factors of, of health, um, how, how we sleep, mm-hmm. eat, move, think, and connect. So how we sleep, eat, move, think, and connect are kind of the five factors of health. Then there's a couple more factors that can, that are kind of on the outskirts of like genetics, Mm -hmm. like genetics play a little part in it, but then also the atmosphere you live in. Do you live in a really smoggy city or do you live up in the Pacific Northwest where you're in the mountains and nature every day? Mm. So there's, there's outside factors, but the main ones that we can control on the daily are sleep, eat, move, think, and connect with people. And so if people look at that, people can, can find a better route to happiness by looking like right now, people are missing out on connection big time. So maybe they're working out, maybe they're sleeping better, maybe they're, they're moving or they're uh, thinking positive, but they aren't getting connection. And so they don't feel happy. But the Mm. thing that I would love to challenge you with when you do this brain thing is sleep, 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 rest is a weapon. We would say that in, in hockey, we'd say rest is a weapon. Let us rest because if we rested, like last night, I wear this band on my wrist right here. This tracks my sleep. And Mm. last night I got just shy. This is the whoop 3.0 strap. Whoop 3.0. Okay. Um, And my mental acuity, my mental sharpness is infinitely better when I sleep properly. Yeah. And it's, it's the number one factor of health that I prioritize in my life. So when you're doing your brain experiment, I would encourage you to incorporate sleep in it. I love that, man. Have you heard uh, Ariana Huffington's uh, podcast at all? Sleep. I have, but sleep is her mission. Yeah. It's her rest is a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because in hockey, because if I sleep, if I sleep well, I'm going to wake up with energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a good conscious nutritional decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to move my body because I have energy. I'm mm-hmm. going to have positive mindset. And most likely, I'm going to want to be around people. Like if you wake mm-hmm. up, if you had a tough sleep and then your daughter's goofing off in the morning or like you're mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe like, babe, what are you, like, sweetie, what are mm-hmm. you doing here? But if you're in a great place, you're probably more receptive. Oh, look how playful she is. Look at, look at what she's goofing around on. Yeah, It can totally reshape our mindset. And also, it's not just about how much sleep you get, but it's about the quality of sleep you get. And there's yes. all these things that affect your quality of sleep, such as, you know, like I was talking to someone about sleep just uh, last week, and they were like, okay, what, what time do you go to bed usually? I'm like, ah, that 1030, uh, sometimes 11. Like, okay, no caffeine afternoon. Okay, yeah. no caffeine afternoon, no screens within like three hours of sleeping, ideally. Yeah. Uh, there's all these things that affect and going to sleep at the exact same time. Ritual and rhythm is actually a really big part of, of sleep as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. None of these are part of my life and none of them come naturally to me. I've been, I've been, like my whole, my, my operating system for my entire life has been premised on uh, imbalance and spontaneity uh, and a lack of predictability. Routine was actually the enemy but yeah. now that I'm a dad and I'm getting a little older and I'm just, it's something that I'm really craving yep. so from a behavioral standpoint. It's something that I really, you know, am trying to incubate. 
But it's tough because to right now I'm crushing beer and I'm making I'm like I'm making these egg sandwiches on brioche buns four times a week that are incredible. I'm eating ice cream. I'm also living an incredible life at this very moment that I'm amazing. For, so that's awesome too. But everything in moderation. <laughs> there's balance. There's balance. Like that's happiness, right? If you want to be, yeah. that's 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 also grace. Like I loved before how you said you, you're accepting yourself more. That's grace versus beating yourself up. I shouldn't drink these beers. I shouldn't have this, this bond. I should be moving or a better diet. Like allowing yourself, because this, and this is coming from my own uh, failure in this, is I never gave myself any grace mm-hmm. as an athlete. It was like strict. It was black and white. There was no gray. There was no yeah. grace. And so I found that more in my life. <laughs> Dude, I want to hear more about uh, this mini, this little docu-series that you have, Ravi uh-huh. Patel's Pursuit of Happiness. Can you tell us what you saw? I want to get back on like the happiness train. What sure. you saw around the world, your experiences. Can you tell our listeners what is the show and then give us some stories from the show relating to what you found happiness to be throughout the world? So uh, in every episode of Pursuit of Happiness, which again is on HBO Max right now, Um, I travel with someone in my life that I love or admire or both. Mm -hmm. And we have some big question about life. And generally speaking, we pick big questions that I was already talking about in therapy. So stuff that I felt was kind of urgent in my life. And it would be that question that takes us to an international destination where we got to see how a different culture was handling that question. So we went to Mexico, my, my, my parents and I, uh, to one of the hottest retirement destinations for expats. And mm. that episode was about retirement and aging. And that came out of a conversation in therapy. I was talking to my therapist and saying, hey, I'm at this age where I'm starting to realize like people's, my, my, my friend's parents are starting to pass away. Right. And I'm starting to feel kind of older now. And this idea of mortality is starting to settle, settle in. And I'm wondering how I can go about asking the questions about my parents that I might be asking after they've passed away that yeah. I wish I would have asked earlier. Earlier, um, yeah. And, I, and also part of that came out of just being a father. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter and be, one, of the most, one of the most beautiful parts of becoming a father is the empathy you get for your own parents because you realize mm. for, like like i look at my daughter and I, ha- I had this realization oh i'm i'm their baby like i'm there like and and all i want for my daughter is to like to have a great life but also i want us to love each other and to be each other's lives forever yeah. and yeah. I, and and you know Americans have become so individualized and private and we actually live geographically further away from our parents. We don't see our families as much as it feels like we should. And I feel like our parents generation got kind of screwed because I I don't think that's what they thought it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think now, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to fix that. Cause that, cause, cause, uh, uh, you know, I love my parents. And I, and by the way, that's a big reason why my wife and I are talking about moving to the East Coast is to be closer, closer. to them. Yeah. Um, so that's that Mexico episode. There's another episode. I went to Japan with my wife. And that episode is about parenting and marriage. Um, Japan, known for doing everything in, in the most innovative ways, especially the way they raise their kids who are incredibly well-behaved and mature. 
Um, you know, we had this one scene where we followed this kid who had just turned six and he's doing this, this tradition uh, called the first errand um, where he, the kid goes by himself through the city to go buy groceries from a grocery store. <laughs> At the age of six. Yeah. And it was like totally everyone seemed cool with it. He knew what he was doing. He was extremely confident. It was insane. Um, Could you imagine letting your daughter in three years go somewhere in LA to get groceries? One, I wouldn't trust her. Two, I wouldn't trust the city. Like I would be, I would think it's not safe enough. So that was, you know, that episode was just so fun and a great conversation about, you know, probably what's the most important business in my life right now, which is my family. Right. Uh, And uh, and, uh, then we did an episode in Denmark, which was more about a question that's urgently American for me right now, which is how do we decide who our family is? It's a a conversation about intersectionality. The reason why we went to Denmark was because it's gen- most of us only know it as the happiest place in the world, but it turns out it's only so it's only happy if you're white. Um, it's not so great for its immigrants and refugees. And so mm. it actually, they're experiencing their situation is actually not dissimilar from some of the big issues we're dealing with in this country right now. So that was a really compelling uh, ex- journey for me. And then the other episode was in South Korea with my buddy Matt, and that was about work-life balance um, Mm -hmm. in a country that's experiencing it as well. So, you know, each episode truly was a life-changing journey for me. And I set out to do that when I got a chance to have my own show because one, I'm at this age where I realized that shows, projects, work, like relying on the success of these things in the future is not reliable. And also, especially like I've been on so many canceled shows, I know shows come and go. So I wanted to come up with a concept where I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this no matter, regardless of if anyone watches it, Mm -hmm. it will have still been a life-changing journey for me. But then beyond Mm -hmm. that, um, if I really was having a life-changing journey, then that's going to come across on camera and hopefully make the show. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Authentic, genuine, yeah. Um, what, what, are, what were some of your biggest takeaways of happiness through this journey, through the places you, you visited? What were some of the things that hit you the hardest, like really struck you and changed your life? Yeah, so in Mexico, you know, it was really a conversation about what do we all kind of want together in this next phase of life? And, uh, you know, I think going to Mexico, it taught me a couple things. One, I didn't realize that, you know, because everyone's living so much longer now, retirement is not just one phase. It's kind of a couple phases. There's just a yeah. spring break phase that they get to do before they, yeah. before the kind of final, you know, decline, I guess. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then also I think, I think I always assumed that my family would come live close to me or near me wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking that like, no, like they have their friends and their life where they are. If anything, I should come closer to them. And why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I also just from hanging out with a bunch of retired people there, there's a lot of things about that lifestyle where I started thinking there's a lot of this. I don't have to wait for retirement to pursue the, right? community, the community elements of that lifestyle. Um, hmm. Something that I want today. Can you um, speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, community in America is, it's been going away. 
for a long time because we're so individual, because we're privatized, because we're not codependent in any way. <laughs> we're not dependent in the way that we used to be. Um, if you want, uh, if you need food, you get it from the grocery store. You don't need your neighbor. You have an app where you can order from. In fact, you don't need right. to go yeah. to the grocery yeah. store. You need to ride to the airport. We take Uber. Like there's literally no reason your own parents, you don't need them. They, they used to be needed for wisdom and like now you just Google things. You have questions. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we just don't need each other anymore. And as, and that in tandem with just an, a society that really values its individuality and its privacy, you know, we've seen a demise of the American neighborhood. There's not um, front. Especially, People used to hang out in their front yards and, and run around and it used to be really safe and the neighbors used to watch each other's kids and you know you could walk in. There's just, that just doesn't exist anymore. And um, seeing that that was kind of what a lot of people were seeking in retirement, I think was like a real reminder that you know, we really want that in our lives and we're willing to make real sacrifices to find a way to bring that into our lives. You know, mm -hmm. And again, that's a big reason why we're talking about leaving LA. Interesting. Yeah. And I, what I've learned, like we were talking before the show started, um, but living in the Hollywood Hills, um, every house is gated, right. which keeps people out, but also keeps you in. Yep. And so, like you said, there's no front yard. There's no seeing your neighbor every single day. Yeah. Like you can live, you can live in an area and not know, you can live somewhere for five years and not know the person that's three houses down because you never see them yeah. because they drive in their gate and they, then they drive out yeah. their gate and there's no actual face-to-face -face interaction. Um, yeah. It's especially hard in places like LA too, because right? in cities in general, there's such a culture of achievement. Um, and I think that affects the community elements when you know that anytime you're hanging out with someone that the most interesting thing about them is their career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you learn in the South Korea episode about work life balance? Because that's a big thing. I think a lot of people are struggling with, especially yeah. right now where both of those worlds are collided because their kids are at home, their partner or spouse is at home. You're trying to work at home, but um, just in general, what did you learn from or your takeaway from the South Korea episode about work life balance? So, so they're doing some interesting things to combat workaholism in Korea. Uh, like, for example, we walked along this one bridge that they call the Suicide Bridge. I think that's the name of it. And it's right off the oh. street. And it's become such a problem that the government has put these images of these inspirational messages along with images of delicious food. The idea being that if you see delicious food, it reminds you of your childhood, connects you to the world, and hopefully dissuades you from Jeez. The, you know, it takes you away from the loneliness that, that is connected to suicide. But probably my favorite scene of the series was this place we went to called the Death Cafe. The Death Cafe. And it's like a cafe. You walk in, it says Death Cafe on the door. You go to the receptionist, you sign in and you pay. And what you're basically paying for is simulating your own death. So we walked in, signed this thing. We sat in the waiting room where we had to fill out our own eulogies. Then this guy took a picture of us and that would go on our casket. Then we were led into a room with a, with a, with a bunch of caskets and we faked, we like laid in these caskets for like 10 minutes. And then we got up and we read our eulogies and it was, I mean, I'm excited wow. to watch this because it will blow your mind. Uh, it's really eye opening when you, read your own eulogy because 
if you really think about what people are saying, it has nothing to do with your work. It has everything to do with just who you, who you are. are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I want to hear more about that because that's such an interesting experience that there must have been revelations to yourself like, whoa, I was given putting way too much stock in this. I've learned now that I need to prioritize this. This is actually what my heart wants. This is what fulfills me. This is what joy is to me. This is what happiness is to me. Anything well, specific come to mind there? No, I think actually the realization is the one that you already said that you're pursuing in your own life, which is trying to find a way to make your day your, your, your daily life align with, with my life goals, with your life goals. That's, that's really what, you know, you know, the idea of work life balance is it's a, it's, it's a little confusing because first of all, it bifurcates work and life, which these days isn't necessarily the case. A lot mm. of times those two things overlap and yeah. then beyond that, um, life is just more nuanced than those two things. So I would say like mainly what you realize, we all worry about work and life, but what we really need to worry about is not how much we're working or how much we're not working. What we need to be thinking about is not work or life, but just time, how much time yeah. we have, what we're doing with our time. What's a measure for you? This is a great question. For you. What's a measure for you that allows you to calibrate and decide, yes, this is worth my time or no, it's not worth my time. How do you make that decision? Well, it depends. I mean, I'm, I'm in a really, I'm in a kind of like you, I'm, I'm in a position of privilege and I'm well aware of it where that you earned I, that, that you yeah, earned. That I've earned and that, that I have choices about my time. Look, I mean, 99% yes. of people just don't have choices or at least feel like they don't have choices because they have to mm -hmm. pay bills and whatever else. Like I, I guess for me, as long as I can con control it, I have a triple bottom line approach to my time, which is, is it something that I enjoy? Is it something that's giving me growth? And is it something that's connecting me to the people I love? I would say like the, those things I, are the ones that I chase. It's what I got out of, I made this documentary with my sister called Meet the Patels that yeah. um, became, you know, it was this crazy thing. We spent so much time making it and then you know, it changed our, it changed our careers, but it also changed our lives. And the one thing I really got out of it was for the first time in my life, I saw how purposeful work can be and how introspective it can be, how it can bring me closer to my loved ones. And once you get that feeling, that buzz, um, you start chasing it and everything you do. Mm, yeah. It's impossible to go backwards from that. Yeah. Right. It's impossible yeah. to do a job that you hate just for the money or to do something or to work with people you don't enjoy. You're mm -hmm. like, no, it's, it's the same as being on a team. When you're on a team, when the culture and the product on the ice and what you guys are doing to mm -hmm. creating together mm -hmm. is amazing. And just there's symmetry there and just chemistry. You're like, I'm never, I'm never not being on a team where there's dissension and arguments like, like we, I want to be in a culture that's uplifting, empowering, inspiring, together, supportive, and we're working together to a common goal. And then I'll never, and so any team that I'm on, and it used to be sports teams, now it could be a business or entrepreneurship, a podcast team, any team that I'm on, I'm going to try and foster that because I'll never put myself in an environment where that doesn't exist again and I'll do everything uh -huh. in my power to make it exist. 
Dude, that's awesome, man. Good for you. This I, is I, one of the things I learned from sport, you know? Yeah, but I also feel like you learned from sport that you need. I mean, I, I feel like you're three years out. It must be so hard. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this in so many athletes where you feel the need to feel relevant, like socially, like from the outside, like what's my next big thing? I feel like is the thing that a lot of athletes ask themselves. And it sounds like you're, for whatever reason, you have a very healthy mindset about this, which is like, you know, I'm, whatever I do, I want it to be about my own inner growth. And that's, I don't think most people are blessed to even feel that. Mm. Um, I never played the sport. Maybe I'm lucky because I never played the sport for that. I played the sport because I loved the competition and I loved the sport. Right. And, and so the, the money was secondary. The fame was secondary or tertiary. Like it was, I, that yeah. stuff never, that wasn't what drove me. I believe, um, I, believe I don't, I, I, there's I don't probably do, a ceiling if those other things are the ones driving you. Right. Right. Then. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think those are enough to drive somebody to go to the depths that we must go to, to elevate yeah. to that level. That's yeah, not enough really compensation. It. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The, the internal personal reward, the goal and the happiness, yeah. the happiness that you get from it, is what drives you that's irreplaceable that's and uh it's it reminds me of a great i can't remember where i heard it or who said it but one of the greatest quotes i ever heard about happiness was that the goal of all other goals is happiness yeah and when you think about it the goal of all other goals like why did i want to play in the Mm -hmm. nhl Oh, because I loved, I love playing hockey. It was just my soul's expression yeah. every day. It made me happy. Um, why do I want to win the Stanley Cup? Well, I want to be a champion. I want to be able to say I'm the best in the world. Why? Because it makes me happy. Why do I want to buy this car? Oh, because it just—it looks so cool and I want to drive it. And what is that emotion that I get yeah. from it? Happiness. The goal yeah. of all other goals is happiness. And so I keep that in mind now. And so I compare everything to, does this add happiness or or just, or detract happiness. So I'm at my lake house right now up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. I can go out on the water. It's beach, it's waterfront. I can go on the water. I could fish right now, hunting seasons right around the corner. I have a husky that I could hike with. I have a home gym I could work out in. I yeah. can do anything I want. So choosing to be here with you is my happiness right now because I don't need to be. And so I measure everything else <laughs> against against these other things that bring me so much happiness. Right. There's and, an opportunity cost every minute. Yeah. Right. And so, but this is, this is growth. This is communication. This is connection. This is challenge for myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a podcast host. I grew up as a hockey player. Yeah. So I want to challenge myself as, and that's why I have love having like actors and musicians and different people on, because you guys are so multi-talented. I'm like, how does this, how does this <laughs> actor create a film, executive produce, create a docuseries? Series, come up with this concept execute it you know is a humanitarian is a father is a yeah. husband like i love seeing people that are multi-talented because it inspires me and so i get to do that's one of the benefits i get of doing this podcast is meeting people like yourself that then give me inspiration oh thanks dude i appreciate um, it if i think- had a lake house like that i don't know that i'd be here but i appreciate that you're doing it <laughs> appreciate it man um do you think do you think the measure of happiness could be different from person to person? Yeah, I mean, probably. I don't really know the answer to that, but I mean, I think I think if we're just talking about dudes, I think most dudes, most of us don't think about happiness. Most of us. Why is that? You know, 
Well, I think, first of all, I think most men aren't conditioned to think about emotions, number one. Um, we're not conditioned to look inward. And I also think it, there's something, I think, I think, like, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, oh, I wish I was like, you know, there was a version of me when I was younger that was so happy, but wasn't thinking about whether or not I was happy and was never thinking mm -hmm. about what it takes to be happy. And it had a lot to do with the fact that I wasn't thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Thinking about how happy you are can, in a way, reduce how happy you are because you're paying yeah. so much attention to it. I get it. Uh, so I'm, 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 it's interesting because I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm, I put so much effort into being happier, but the place I'm trying to get to is a place where I'm not thinking about it anymore. Um, yeah, I think it's probably different for everyone. I don't really know. I just, I just know for me, it's something that I'm trying to work on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's constant pursuit. I, I think there's a pursuit. I always say I'm, I'm relentless in my pursuit of happiness, but I also believe that there's a complete opposite side to the coin of the grace component of, I don't need in, to do anything to be happy. Just being here, like breathing, very breathing, evolved. right? Yeah, like, awesome. that, but this, this was, this has come from my own mistakes and where I needed to achieve, as you said, I need to achieve, I need to be purpose. I needed to end up number one to be happy. I was very measured. Um, but now I, I want, I'm trying to add grace into my life where I'm like, I wake up, my legs can move me anywhere I want. I have air in my lungs, oxygen in my lungs. I am happy. I am blessed beyond belief in the grace of life. You know, just because of those two things. We get to wake up today. There was people that woke up yesterday that didn't get to wake up today. You know, that is, so just finding, I, I, yeah, so I know you have to go, brother. Um, I, I know you have things on your, on your plate that you have to go, but I'd love to, I'd love to continue this conversation with you. I love that you've added what you've added to our community here. And I, Thanks, man. I think it's such a relevant topic. I'd love to hear any last, uh, first off, uh, give our, our listeners one more touch point on the show on where they can find it's it. Ravi Patel's pursuit of happiness. You can find it on HBO max today, which is, uh, it's a streaming service. It's like HBO's version of Netflix, I guess. Yeah. So you can find it online. I believe it's still not on Roku or Amazon Fire, which is going to annoy people. But uh, yeah, you can, I don't know, you can find it on Apple TV and your laptop and whatever else. Good and luck. Where can, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, I want to tune in for sure. Where can people find you? Where do you hang out? So I Instagram, just recently social? made my Instagram handle public. It's at show me the Ravi. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, my Twitter is the same thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I hope if anyone who's listening, if you watch the show, please, uh, please holler at me on Instagram or Twitter and tell me what you think. Uh, certainly poured my heart into it. So I appreciate you helping me get the word out, man. Yeah. I'm, I love it. I can't wait to do it. I'm really excited just about the concepts. I love the four topics that you covered in the show. So um, I'm going to tune into it tonight for sure. I'm going to tune into that workaholism. Well, work, tell me work, what you think of it after you watch it, all right? Yeah, that'll be the first one I want to watch. Um, and then <laughs> any last words for our listeners on happiness, on how to achieve happiness in their lives? Uh, I don't know. Try, try, to, try, to, try, to, uh, try to nurture love. You know, try, to, try, to, try to have someone or something in the world that you're in charge of because um, caring for people, caring for things, um, that gives you purpose and, uh, you know, that's, that's where the juice is.
I just love that word, like love. I love that you went to love. Dude, uh, Robbie, I know you got to run, so I'll All let right. you go, brother. But thank you for your time, dude. You brought so much happiness to me, to our listeners. Back at um, you, man. You're a good dude. Let's do this. Let's do happiness 2.0 in the coming months. Would love it, um, bro. Would love it. Tell Gavin to show up. I tell will, him, yeah. Tell him I miss him. Okay, I'll tell Gavin for sure. <laughs> I'll send him right now. He'll have FOMO on this. Uh, but I appreciate you, my, my friend. And to oh, all our listeners, all our listeners, I wish you just a wealth of health and happiness. Um, I know times are tough right now, but uh, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And I wish you all the happiness in the world. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of How Men Think. Till next week, take care of one another, love one another, and I hope your hearts are happy.